Hey, come on, why don't you stand to your feet and let's give the Lord an applause of praise. Jesus is alive. Let the party begin in our souls. Wow. <laughs> you may have a seat. Great to see all of you. You know, we believe that the Lord honors us when we honor him, and you've begun your week here in the house of God at a time when everybody's afraid and everybody's just not sure what the future holds. This you can count on. God is here, Emmanuel, God with us, and we're here to worship him. And I pray right now across the room that every one of you experiences the blessing of his presence in a special way this week in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit gave me a word early this morning in prayer for someone, the blood has it covered. So if that's you, you receive that. I want to speak about the value of small beginnings. I had a friend who lived in a small house, had a small job. Uh, it was a teaching job. It, had a, 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 it was good, but it, it didn't have a big future in terms of a lot of money and so he would probably tell you his life was pretty small. But he also had a small idea written on a couple of pieces of paper, and he thought it had possibilities. And so every time he got a chance, he got it out and he looked at it and he spent time thinking about it because it was a business idea. He didn't have a business background. He didn't have a business degree. He didn't have successful businesses behind him. It didn't run in his family, but he had a small idea. And he eventually, when he shared it with me and told me about it, he was ready to, he told me, I'm going to do whatever it takes, but I wanna, I'm willing to risk everything. I want, I'm really going to believe in this. And you know, eventually it took off. It became so successful that he franchised the business. It was in auto sales and became a millionaire. Hallelujah. That's the value of small beginnings. You see, we, we love to hear stories like this, where the ugly duckling becomes the swan, where the underdog wins the race. And I love the Christmas story because it's when a little young teenage girl in a village no one had heard of becomes the mother of the Son of God. That's incredible. You know, it's a reminder that God values small things. Of all the ways that God could announce and bring into existence his rescue of this planet. Let me just stop and say, the future of this planet is incredible. What you see and what's going on right now does not get the last word. The light will come, the kingdom will reign, and God brings it into existence and announces it, not through flaming angels that every person on the planet could see and hear, but through a baby's cry. You see, God values the little things. Now, when you and I want something important done, you and I go out and look for the most successful, strongest person to bring it about. We don't look for the least likely to succeed and the weakest. But that's what God did. In Isaiah, he prophesied through Isaiah long before it took place. He said this, Unto us a child is born. 
Unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, God could have done so many things to draw our attention to his plan for us, but he chose a baby, a little baby with a big name. What a title. You see, God loves small beginnings because it's what's most beneficial for us. You think about it. If a a young person gets an inheritance, a large one, too early, before they're really responsible, they end up, well, all of this bigness turns into something small. You see, it's an important lesson to learn in life that when everything gets given to us, when it all starts out big, it usually doesn't end that way. It finishes small. But I want to tell you that as I look out across our church in three services today, I see in you small things that have been planted by God, abilities to start a business, even if it doesn't come in your background, abilities to bring goods and services to the world, employ people. There are some of you that that's planted within you. To some others here, there's creativity and and the arts that can inspire and motivate and bring great honor to God and can touch the whole world. There are some of you deeply planted, it may look very small, the ideas for medical breakthroughs that no one else has thought of. But with any of these, they cannot come into existence if we're not aware of what God has planned through the small things in you. And it takes hard work. When the opportunities are few, when the resources are small, when the, when the business uh, forecast is for, for not good things, and we, we look at what we can see that looks like a big problem in our lives. In fact, most of us get discouraged when we do an inventory and we see all these big problems, but God will take the biggest problem and turn it into a small, powerful thing that can be transformative in your life and in the lives of other people, in Jesus' name. And what inspires me about that is when I look at the Christmas story, every element of it makes no sense. He announces his coming to the lowest in society. He has his son born into the world where no one knows, in a birthing stable, in a a place where there were animals. And, And he uses the humblest of people. And then later he begins to announce his kingdom, not through kings and priests in their palaces, but through a guy wearing animal skins looking like Fred Flintstone eating insects. John the Baptist. It makes no sense because you see, God delights in the small things because when they start small, when I have to press in and trust, he takes those things and turns them into great things. And we build in the process of trusting and all of that the character and the qualities necessary to carry the big thing. 
See, my friend, he wasn't ready for, the, for that business to turn into a franchising network. He had so much to learn, and it was an amazing transition, not just his bank account, but how everything that he did, he made so many mistakes, but he learned from each one, and small mistakes turned into big successes. See, God loves the small things because it's also the way his kingdom operates. Jesus described the kingdom as the tiniest seed in the garden. Have you ever seen a mustard seed? You've got to be careful because they're so small, you've got to have a lot of them. But he explained that the kingdom, it's not going to look like it ever will happen. When you look across the earth today, it doesn't look like there will ever be a king on planet earth who will be totally good, totally just, that racism and greed and poverty and war will someday end and nothing that we are experiencing today will exist any longer. The old order of things will pass away and the new order will come. And right now we can't see it. It looks like a tiny seed. And Jesus said, it will turn into the largest tree in the garden. You see, God values and delights in that. And think about it. You can understand why. He's planted that in us. We write stories and screenplays about an orphan on the street who wins the national talent contest. Oh, we just love that. We go and see films and read books about what doesn't think, uh, seem possible happening. The problem is we disconnect it from ourselves. We can't see that God wants to, to repeat the, the way he's going to bring about his kingdom through us. I'll give you a perfect example. You're here today maybe because you thought you, were, you should come, the pastors expect it. You may have come because it's what you've always done, but did you think when you came today that my one small seat that I'm going to sit in makes all the difference in eternity for somebody, because I'm going to add to my voice, I'm going to add to my faith in this room, in this challenging season, when the enemy is coming against the church and trying to scare us out of connecting and worshiping God, and right now, I'm going to bring my one small voice and life into church, and I'm not staying out of there, so they better hold on to one seat, because I may bring a friend next week, too. See, that's a spirit that understands the insignificance of the small thing. Why? Well, you say, well, yeah, but I'm just, I didn't even sing, Steve. I, I had my mask on. So did I, but my mask was shaken. But see, don't miss this. It's not the voice. It's the presence, your presence. God is doing a new and great thing in you. And all of the things you think are holding your back are the things, the very things he's going to turn around and create great things. And it has to be that we begin to catch that. And that's why this is the topic on such a time. Because there's no story in Scripture that more illustrates. Think of it. A carpenter in northern Galilee that no one knew becomes the King of kings and Lord of lords. And it says that this small beginning, that baby's cry in Bethlehem, turns into the shout of the king that will change 
planet earth and usher into a kingdom that will never end where the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and God will be glorified and that incredible shift from this tiny baby to the king of all kings marching into the world again on a white horse someday that contrast delights God but he wants us to understand and the reason he values small things turning into something bigger is because he wants his story to be our story that's right he's if he's chosen to glorify himself in that way he wants to do the same thing in us but here's what gets in our way we think that big is better or that we got to have it right now we naturally go for the winner you know if you look at the list if you if you google it the the most popular football clubs in the world it's probably not going to be a losing team in fact i can tell you it's not it's the winners we like to go with a winner we love it we we love to go with the thing that seems sure that's part of our challenge because we think that small isn't as important or that it's insignificant and we've got to move beyond that and and right now some of you who look at your life and say, I've made too many mistakes, I've got too many things that have happened, but I'm here to tell you that God looks differently. He sees all of the damage, all of the brokenness, the addictions, somebody perhaps here with an eating disorder, and he says, if you will give that to me, I will take it from you. It may be a, a thing that you think can't ever be used, and I will turn it into a powerful weapon against the enemy's plans for your life, but for others as well. There's nothing in you that God wants to stir up and to grow that is just for yourself. It's not just for your family. He wants to put things in you that will change the atmosphere at your place of work, at the embassies where some of you work, in your work teams, in your startups, no matter what it is, there's something that God is going to stir up and enlarge through you, that, and it's probably the thing you think is, that you, I, don't, I want no one to ever know that about me. And those are the things. And remember, because God values taking the impossible and making it possible where no one can take credit, where no one can say it could ever have happened. It had to be God. And so my encouragement today is to open your eyes. Look around in your life and understand that, that, that small is not insignificant. But what it is going to take to grab hold of this is hard work. You've got to be willing to keep pushing ahead like, like my friend. He kept pulling out his plan and thinking about, oh, that won't work. He didn't give up on it. Don't give up. Be ready to do the hard work, to show up on time. Listen, you've got to get over the idea of the small being insignificant. See, God delights in those who go and do things that no one gets attention for. We really struggle with staying with something unless we get stroked a little. Oh, that's so good. You did so well. I've heard people say, well, I was serving on a team, but nobody appreciated it. Nobody ever told me how good I did. Can I, can I encourage you? If God can see it, let that be enough. Come on. He'll take 
Uh, a perfect example. We all go, oh, this is wonderful when somebody decorates an apartment, all the latest fashions and the furniture and the curtains oh, and those pictures. But somebody two weeks earlier came in and put all the wiring behind the walls. And you wouldn't have an apartment if it didn't have electrical work. But they plastered over that. Nobody saw it. In it. And we would say, oh, that's insignificant. No, it's not. You won't have light. You get what I'm saying? That thing that no one knows about, that you just keep doing, that seems small, that thing that no one has said I appreciate, is the very thing that God will use to enlarge your life to be a blessing to others. You know, that means we've got to be humble. I had a friend, he's an incredible teacher. He went to seminary, speaks Greek and Hebrew, and he's an incredible preacher. But he went and did an internship in a big church. And I know that he probably rubbed his hands, man, I can't wait to get to, to, to teach in front of that many people. Well, you know what? For the four months he was there, he was in charge of one thing, cleaning the bathrooms. He never got to teach once. But when I talked with him about it and he shared that story, he didn't complain because looking back, it looked small and insignificant, but the, the leaders of that church already knew he had a gift. But what they wanted to build into him is that that gift comes into place and gets expressed in the right season. And so they taught him humility, that there is nothing we do that's unimportant. And the scripture promises that God crowns the humble with victory. And you and I will miss the value of small beginnings if we have the mistaken idea that anything that doesn't seem big and everybody's looking at it and applauding, it's, that's not important. God sees and He knows. So here, let me leave you with some final thoughts. Can I just challenge us? Let's determine that we're going to value small beginnings. That we're going to allow God to create startups with all of the seeds that He's planting in us. And there's nothing He wastes. There's no throwouts. The very things that you think He can't use may be the very thing He uses to propel you into your purpose and destiny in Jesus' name. And so can I challenge us also? So let's determine to have eyes that are looking at where God's at work in the same way as we look at the story of Christmas and get inspired. If he could choose a little girl in, in Nazareth, he can choose me to do a great thing. If he would choose a humble, humble carpenter, a carpenter to be the father, the earthly father of the Son of God, never went to college, probably didn't go to high school. He was just a carpenter. And yet God allowed him, this small, seemingly insignificant person, to be the very father who raised the Son of God from a baby on up. Let's also invite God. Just say, Lord, I'm inviting you to take the small things and grow them into something larger. Father, take my life and let it grow big in blessing. Father, let it grow in making me strong like that tree that you're building 
Let the smallest things be a blessing to me and to others in Jesus' name. Use me to build up the lives of others. And let me challenge you. Let's maintain an attitude of humility. This is such a great place to work through that, to to love and honor each other and to serve each other. Look for ways to to bless each other. Can I encourage you to do that through this Christmas season? Look for ways for the Lord to use you that you may have never thought possible. Listen, humility, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less often. You hear that? It's not thinking less of yourself. You're not lowering the value of who you are by by lowering yourself to be willing to do whatever it takes to help others. It's putting others first. And as you'll do that, see, that's an incredible trust. Can I challenge us? Let's operate in faith. Dare to dream. (laughs) There's no point in dreaming if their dreams aren't daring. Dream for the big thing. And trust God. Have faith that he can do more than you could ever ask or imagine. And then a final thought. Pray to the Lord. Lord, let me join in where you're at work. Show me where I can have an impact. And you need look no further than the house of God. Can I challenge all of us? Let's, in the coming year, move into a new level of commitment of just serving the Lord, finding a way to help others. We've got so many opportunities to do that here. So many new people are going to, I'm prophesying now, so many new people and families are going to flow in these doors, people looking for answers, people who are afraid, people who may be struggling with the very thing you were struggling with. And you're the answer in faith to their issue and God may put you right out there in the in the lobby there to talk to them and he'll take that small area that you are embarrassed about and use it to touch somebody else yeah I I, just a final thought I just love the story of the the kid that went to the went to he heard there was a special speaker out in the wilderness he took along five loaves and two fish just a small lunch, just a little lunch. Maybe with some self, piece of queso, I don't know, little lunch. And that whole lunch turned into a banquet for thousands. Come on, if God can do, see, I could just go through scripture and show you story after story. God loves to do stuff like that, but he wants to do it in you and I. He wants to do it in this church. Can we believe that God will make this church a place that people can't stay away from, that the whole city is talking about? That it, And it's not because we sing better or sing louder. It's because when you go there, there's healing. Something's happening. The Holy Spirit is moving. And I didn't even believe in the Holy Spirit, but I left there changed and transformed. Let's declare it and let's believe for it. Come on, stand to your feet with me. See, when the, when the small gets enlarged in a supernatural way, it points to what a big, big God we have. So, Father, I thank you that you value the small things. I thank you that you value us, and you see potential in us that we cannot see. 
So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe taking a moment there where you are, perhaps there's some of you here that have never said, Jesus, come into my life. Or maybe you did that at some point in the past. So we never close the service without offering the opportunity of God speaking right now to you. I want to encourage you to just say, yes, Lord. I, w- I want Jesus to come into my life. Start a work in me. Maybe some of you need to come back to the Lord. And if that's you, why don't you just boldly lift your hand and say, Steve, pray for me as we close. That is me today. Thank you. Thank you. On screen behind me, for those of you who lifted your hands, for those of you who know you need to pray this prayer. Let's pray this together before we go out. What a great way to start the week right here, just inviting Jesus once again. So all of us join together, but especially those of you who need to pray this perhaps for the first time or to renew your commitment to the Lord. Pray it with boldness. Are we ready? Father in heaven, I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. Thank you for your amazing love. I repent of my sins and thank you for your forgiveness. Come into my life and give me a fresh start. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live my life for you from this day forward. Amen and amen. Wonderful. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.